Mr. Eichelberger. Okay, so I have some adjustments that I'd like to have us look at making. Uh, yes, ma'am. And like we were doing before, as you mentioned an adjustment, Samson is going to make that in the spreadsheet and it will project up on the screen so we can keep the running total um, in mind. Thank you. And they're going to make this screen a little bit bigger so that my poor old eyes can actually see it. Okay. There you go. I can actually see it now. Thank you so much. Um, okay. I have to I have to say without these two and Samson, I would have been totally dysfunctional the last couple of days. Um, so I thank both of them, Samson. Um, okay. So we're if you, could tell us, if you could tell us when you want to make a change, sure. if you could tell us the line number to go to. I will do that. Uh, let's go to line number 39. 39? Yes. Line number 39 is your amendment for the Enrichment Foundation, which That's right now stands at 50000 That would go to zero. Go to zero. Yes. Line 45. Line 45. Yes. Which is the storefront for community design for participatory budgeting, which currently stands at 150. That would go to 100. Line um, 35. Uh, that is Neighborhood Resource Center, Inc. Fulton. That would currently be reduced by four. So 36,000? That's correct. Same amount as was allocated last year. Okay. Um, if we could go to, oh, one second. Let me just double check. A, which we have 130, we will take that down to 90. Line 18A, which is non-departmental home ink to study land value tax. Um, and that's 130,000 currently and take it to 190. Take that to 90,000. And can you tell me the variance we have at that point? Sure, we're positive $7,768. That, that can't, that, no, it has to be a little more than that. Does it not? Oh, positive 57. It helps when you're looking oh, at, the entire, was... at the entire field. You're positive okay. 57,768. Okay. And so the adjustment that we... I'm looking further is the opportunity to have a repilot. I think it's referred to for Broad Rock with the library on Sunday, which would be $100,000. And so the variance between 57 and 100, 43. So. 
Right. We were dealing when we left, we were talking about uh, Sunday library opportunities. And so part of the discussion to do all of it would be 320, but to do a repilot and then phase in a broad rock, as I understand it, would be 100,000. So that's and why, excuse me, uh, that, that's line 20 on the spreadsheet. Um, and right now it's, it's at zero. So what I'm hearing is to add 100. And again, nothing's final till it's all final. So if Samson, if you could add 100 for that and tell us where we stand, we'll see it. No, it's line 20. If you go up to line 20, go over there where it's zero now, make that 100,000. Fine, and now tell us we're 42,232 in the red at that point. Yes. Hardrock allocation. The repilot to repilot Sunday okay. library as opposed to doing all at once to repilot okay. uh, for Sunday at Broadwalk, which would answer some of the, uh, as we left the dais before, some of the questions. So we get started and we can look at incrementally adding on because we have the evenings as well elsewhere. Well, he, the director said all of the libraries will have extended oh, hours. So that's why I wanted no, to No, it was not, not at 320. It was not all of them. So I know he mentioned the main library. He also mentioned Ginner Park and then Broad Rock. So Ginner Park's not included in that? Right. This would just be repiloting. As I understand it, we first piloted Broad Rock. So this would be an opportunity to repilot for Sunday for Broad Rock, and then we could look at how we add on from there. And what's that timeline? Is that for the rest of this fiscal year to look at that pilot? That's um, that's correct. Okay. Yes. So the other so, libraries, I just want to be clear, just one area. We have the evenings okay. with the others. Okay. Yeah, okay. the eight. Okay. Um, okay. Right. All right. I just want to be clear. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate and so that. we would... Um, Mr. Eichelberger and Mr. Anderson reduce collective bargaining by 30. So collective bargaining is oh, I'm sorry. line 16. That's correct. And right now it's at 330, and that would move down to 300. What, what's my variance? That leaves you with $12,232 negative. So um, if we go back through and just double check the numbers, do we? Oh, Samson and I have checked that the, the spreadsheet's calculated okay. correctly. It always was. My brain wasn't working right. But <laughs> Vice President and then um, Councilwoman Nye. Let me talk. Councilwoman Nye. Um, can we look at pulling back on some of the non-departmental? Okay. 
Well, let, let me just double check with the administration. Are you able to identify 12,000? I mean, this is something 12, council has like continuously talked about where we fund so many outside mm -hmm. groups through non-departmental, but you know, I mean, we're talking about library hours for that's a core city service. Mm -hmm. And if the Delta is 12,000, yes. like, let's just shave up well, off each of the non-departmentals that, you know, I don't, I don't know the background behind them, if they weren't originally funded or they didn't submit their applications or what. Sure. But so, that would be my recommendation. I would like to ask before we would go through that kind of tedious process, the administration, if you would be able to identify 12,000 variants. Would just slightly draw attention to the, um, the one of the lines, I don't know what line it's on, but the increase for um, senior tax relief. I want to be very clear from the outset, this doesn't reduce the senior tax relief. It's simply an estimate of how much we think it'll be taken advantage of, and we're going to continue to push and advocate for as many folks who are eligible to do so. But the 73,000 increases, I think at least was in part to recognize that with the move to the rolling application process, et cetera, we're hoping to see more utilization of that program this year, but it's something we're going to be monitoring and likely needing to look at what the, the total cost adjustment is there from a to get to budget balancing, you know, again, we're, we're going to hope that the, that program is fully utilized, but the budget line um, is simply an estimate of what we think the um, deduction in revenues is uh, from the tax relief program. So, so is that a place that we? I yes, in the, in okay. the vein of a place where I think, um, you know, if that were to be at sixty, it would. I think still give us the space to operate and, and work to continue to expand that program. And if during the fiscal year we need to adjust the projections, we can do that. Thank you. So then that would allow us to accomplish everything that we have on the um, amendments list plus the repiloting of Broad Rock. Yes, ma'am. Okay. You've got an unappropriated balance of $1,518. So $1,518. No, no, the variance. The vari you, you can you can put add Samson add $1,518 back to that tax number and you come into balance. Okay, we had instead of 60 you do 61,518 and then your revenues and your your expenditures are in balance. Thank you. So okay. if that is council's pleasure, okay. I only have one or two questions. Okay, before you go to your questions, let Councilwoman Lambert. I was just going to recommend that 1500 go towards city council's meals just as a suggestion, <laughs> but you all had a went ahead and added that back. So I think we have that covered. <laughs> I just want to make sure. I, I think we have that covered, Councilwoman Lambert, in the projections with the clerk's office and the 
was, you, you had you had solved that. So I just wanted to make yes, sure. Yes, we, 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 we'll, we'll make sure. We'll make sure, Councilwoman Lambert. Thank you. Appreciate okay. it. Okay. Let the record show. <clears throat> you can have mine. Okay. <laughs> so we're leaving it we, yes. the way it is. Thank you. And you were balanced, but I have a Thank couple you. of questions that are Please. Uh, clarifying. If you go to line 14, the project, <clears throat> the uh, dollar amount is $300,000 for rehabilitation of bubble homes. The discussion the other day was whether that money would be better allocated to project homes or to the Affordable Housing Trust Fund, but there was no resolution. So I need a resolution on that. I believe that Councilwoman Trammell and Robertson have had more of a discussion at Affordable Housing Trust Fund. Okay. Um, on the number of, well, we've dealt with that because the, um, the land value tax studies, the first one is going to go to the Center for Property Tax Reform. The indicator there is that that goes to the assessor, but I'm going to change that to non-departmental. So it would go to non-departmental, the Center for Property Tax Reform for land value tax study. Oh, okay, so a question for me. We, we still, so non-departmental, I'm right there, but typically we would do an RFP, Mr. Addison. Um, that would be one of the entities that would make um, application. Well, so let me clarify. That's not typically our... Is that so this is I think one of the challenges with doing this kind of analysis is where's the best place to fund it so it can be done I'm not saying anything about avoiding procurement I just mean specifically where's the best agency department etc Richie McKeithen has experience with land value tax which is where this conversation with me has come from is talking with him around some of the inequalities of our current tax structures and some of the things that he sees as burdens on household owners, which is where this idea truly, I think, grew some legs. And so for me, assessor's office makes sense. However, that's not necessarily his only role. Finance department plays a role in that. All the There's a big collaboration on both fronts. So I don't want to answer the question with a definitive where it goes. So non-departmental would be? I think non-departmental for right now. Okay. So we can then defer where that needs to go as a person. Right. Yeah. That's what I was thinking as well. I just wanted to talk out loud. Okay. It helps to get it out of here. Thank Good. you. But that's going to say. Do you have that? It does. I, oh. I've, I've, I've always done that. I've noted that it's going to no, go to non-departmental, but the only indicator that's going to accompany that is non-departmental reserve for land value tax study. It's not going to mention this particular organization. That's correct. Not an organization. Okay. okay. Um, just a note: the we already went over this. The Richmond Ambulance Authority money is going to go to uh, debt service, and I think those are all the questions that I had. Um, we'll put one, the spreadsheet okay. together, one, and I'll one, start getting material. One, one more, Mr. Addison. So to simplify potentially how this could work. I did understand now procedurally, if we put it non-departmental, going back to land value tax, then we've got to come back with a budget amendment to then identify how the funding moves forward. And so the question would be, could that be, would that be better suited as 
a budget and strategic planning funded aspect project specifically so that it was an allocation through their functionality of how this was going to be done. So it's more driven through that conversation because it is a budget sure. and strategic planning conversation and that can cross over both. That way we can get the assessor involved and others and, need it. And finance. Would that work? Yes. Okay. I, unless so, anyone has any agreement, I believe so. So if that's the desire of the body, I'll put that for budget and strategic planning. And that concludes the work on the general fund budget with one small technical item. You do have to approve it. Approve that's correct. You've done. Members. Um, yeah. Uh, well, okay. Yes, Councilwoman Lambert. Um, Stephanie Lynch's amendment about the two hundred thousand that she wanted to take from a program. We have not. It is. It was not taken out. It is in the budget, and so at this point, it remains in. Okay. Yeah. So. So basically, we are not here to defend our amendment. We don't have. No. We, we're just not gonna. Okay. I just didn't know what she was proposing in in regards of taking the two hundred thousand. That was to increase um, oh. funding. Should we have? You know, okay. Okay. yeah, but that's not the case. Okay. So we're good. We're yes, okay. we've accomplished all of the amendments okay. thus far, plus the all of the. So it's not necessary. Okay, so we can go ahead and make a motion. Yes. Okay, make a motion to um, adopt mm -hmm. this budget. Good second. <laughs> um, thank you, um, Madam or Mr. Clark. Could yes. we call the. Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown. Yes, ma'am. I thought you had a, we're trying to give us some guidance. So we have a motion in a second. We can call the question. To approve. I think you're just trying to achieve a consensus so that Bill knows what to go back. That's to correct. You don't actually have anything in front of you to actually vote. On. Right. So but we're getting consensus. Can I, we can. Can I get consensus by show of hand? Aye. <laughs> Thank you. I will begin work with Haskell to uh, and and his staff to get all the documentation in order so that the budget amendments can be drafted and they'll be available to you in a few days. It does take them usually about five days to a week to get all that done. So the amendments would probably be for you for formal adoption, uh, formal introduction of the amendments um, sometime next week. And then, as we said earlier, I would suggest that you break for about 10 or 15 minutes so that Samson can quit being my right hand and Samson can actually uh, get himself in position to go over the capital budget with you. And thank you for your. Well, Mr. Eichelberg, I just yes. wanted to reconfirm um, we have approved everything, including um, there, none of the items were taken. The 182 or the 200,000, correct? Right. They remain in reductions. for the Office of Community Wealth Building and for perfect. Thank you. Greatly appreciated, Mr. Eichelberg. You're welcome. Um, thank you, administration, Ms. Joy Hogg, Mr. May, Mr. Saunders. Thank you so much, Ms. White. 
everybody. Okay, Councilwoman Nye. Um, I wanted to make sure we put in a text amendment for the um, the ambulances for the ambulance authority to get titled in under the ambulance authority name. Uh, okay, I'm not sure. There actually there are a couple of things that were agreed to in terms of an independent review that needs to be associated and okay. tell me what else you were. I, and, I didn't realize that was part of the budget, well, but. Um, oh, no, not the budget, but part the of the discussion of what we being, all agreed to. Okay. Um, the But the ambulances are being purchased. That's correct. In the budget. Yes. And I just want to make sure they're titled the, with the, the authority. The Mr. Saunders, do you? Or I, I just want to know the process for putting in a text I, amendment. I don't believe you need a text amendment. We the, don't need a text The okay. amendment itself appropriates the debt service. It will or have the a purpose. tagline that says the purpose. I okay. think everybody's aware that you've put that 571 in to pay the debt service. For, for the, the purchase of the 14. I, I think you just complicate it more if you do a text amendment. The other stuff is probably more either a resolution or an ordinance that most appropriately, and Haskell Brown can speak mm -hmm. to this, that you would you would do a an O&R request because it, the budget is not dependent on that to move forward. Right. So that's a normal O&R request, and the city attorney would be more than happy to draft that for you. Right. So uh, the reason I'm bringing it up is because usually the money is transferred to the ambulance authority, and usually they by the ambulances themselves. So under this format, I believe the city is buying the ambulances. That's why I'm just bringing up the title issue. Wrong here, but this is a capital asset. It's a capital asset issued by debt. That's a capital asset of the city, not transferred to the ambulance authority. I've already discussed with the executive director, making sure we enter into the appropriate sort of agreement MOU so that it addresses any of the the concerns about their ability to to utilize and manage the assets, but I don't believe that the title that you just mentioned is transferred. Okay. Because why, why can't we do that? Because to issue city debt, we have to have it has to be owned by the city. The ambulance authority is not the city. We have to work out the transfer well, after I mean, we've the already fact. worked out with the director essentially how we'll, we'll make sure we have that agreement in place that's needed for, you know, other conditions of their operations. But it's OK, so for, we, for it to be issued with city debt, it, it has to be a city asset. Thank you. OK, with that, Mr. Eichelberger. Again, I would suggest gonna, a 10 or 15 minute break to give thank you. To Samson time to get ready to start the capital we'll budget do. with you. Five minutes.
in the absence of the president, uh, if it's the consent of the council, we will call the meeting back to order. Members, um, if we can come back to gather here, um, Mr. Anderson will now proceed to help us navigate CIP. Mr. Okay. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, Good afternoon. For the record, I am Samson Anderson. I work for the Council Chief of Staff, and I will be assisting y'all with facilitating a vote on the CIP for the fiscal year 23 budget. At this point, y'all have presented your amendments, and the administration has provided a response to your amendments. Um, what is on the screen is what was provided to y'all yesterday, and in summary of what I'm going to do this afternoon is 
I'm going to give you all a lay of the land, a couple things to remember, then an opportunity to ask questions of Mr. May of any specifics that you all have as follow-up questions to their responses since you haven't had an opportunity to do that yet. And then following that, um, I will assist you all in coming up with a consensus of how you all want to respond to these responses and make a decision. So the first sheet I sent you is what's up on the screen. It is the responses from the administration for y'all's increase amendments for the CIP. It is exactly how they sent it, except I organized it based on general categories of what they suggested. Um, So the first part is they didn't suggest any additional funding for this year. So those are those categories. Um, I also have a sheet called concise that I sent y'all that will put all, everything in one page for easy viewing, but does not have the full responses. So that's the next sheet. So we have no funding recommended for FY23, potential other funding and um, funding that will likely come out of the parks master plan, uh, something that is funded through the GRTC shelter plan. And then items that are already funded in fiscal year 23. And then we have a few items that were withdrawn or they are functionally a text amendment and we will get to those. Um, and then we have a sheet of the decreases. Every decrease came from one of two funds. One is the general maintenance program, specifically city hall parking decks and tunnel improvements. Currently there is 350,000 budgeted in that item. The Proposed decrease was 50,000. Yeah, right, because we're all looking for it's the very back. Okay, it's the, I'm on the last page, the back. Okay. So if you flip everything all the way over from what was printed, you will have the decreases. So the first two squares are what is in the budget for these two items, which is the, um, Vehicle replacements, which is being funded 10 million in cash and under the general maintenance program, the city hall parking decks and tunnel, which is currently funded at 350. The third block on that page is the proposed decreases fiscal year 23 CIP. These are the decreased amendments that y'all proposed. Um, pay as you go cash funding is in reference to the, um, vehicle purchases for 10 million and the amounts are the proposed amounts that council members uh, brought forth earlier. The two things I really want y'all to keep in mind is y'all can accept all the responses for what the administration brought forward for y'all CIP amounts and just go, yep, we agree, we're good. If you would like to fund anything above and beyond and keep your amendments despite administration responses, this is what your options are for cutting. Um, This is not a staff recommendation. This is what y'all proposed, and this is what it's laid out. So that's kind of the seesaw in your mind of what are your prioritizing replacement police vehicles, and fire and refuse versus what else that you would like to add. Um, the other thing is the full debt capacity for the city has been reached with the proposed budget by the mayor. So there's no additional, um, there's no additional debt. 
And um, another thing just to keep in mind in general when you're talking about the CFP is for every million of debt, you have 75000 in um, debt service that you end up having to pay. So that's the other thing to keep in mind. So these are, again, in summary, the amendments y'all put forward for CIP, uh, the administration's responses, and overall the options that y'all have. And again, here's the concise breakup, which is the second to last page of what was handed to y'all by category. And at this point, I will defer to Mr. May to address any questions or concerns that y'all have following the responses you got from administration. So let me be clear. We will now walk through with the administration their recommendations for the items that members included in CIP. Is that what you're saying, Ms. I, not a walkthrough one by one. Um, I believe Mr. May can provide um, an overview, a big picture for you that would kind of tie all this together, all the individual responses y'all have had. Y'all have had opportunity to read all of their responses, um, so I'm assuming that that's been none, but y'all haven't had an opportunity to pose um, follow-up questions to their responses or any clarifying. So this is his opportunity to paint a big picture for y'all and y'all's opportunity to ask any questions prior to our further discussion as y'all see fit to attain a consensus. Miss um, Lambert is your and Ms. Trammell is your question Let's, for me or for Mr. May? Councilwoman Lambert, then Councilwoman Trammell. Sorry, I was um, not, I didn't have a question, my bad. Okay. Okay, thank you, Ms. Trammell, if the chair spoke. Yes, Councilwoman Trammell. Thank you, Madam President. On there, it said, can you go back to the police cars? Yes, ma'am. That's uh, proposed decreases that a colleague of yours proposed as a potential decrease. You said we're decreasing? Not um, it is an option that y'all can discuss as a possibility because it is an amendment that a colleague of yours put in. Yes. I don't. I don't understand. Okay. If we're, you said we're decreasing 97 cars. Of the no. Mayor. In the current fiscal year budget proposed by the mayor, they will be purchasing with cash 97 patrol vehicles. Okay. Um, if we're trying to. Get more police officers to move into the city, whatever, to be a police officer. I thought we were going to give them take-home cars. And are we taking in consideration that these cars that they're driving now, they look ragged. They are horrible looking. Um, half of them. We're, mean, we're not making any decisions yet. Yeah. I'm just, to I'm just reducing. asking. I thought. Okay. To, to, to address your, your, your concern, that will come up. If, let, me, if, let me just yes. ask this, too. What about did they um, – did a person in, in, I don't know what department it would be, they have like, they write grants and things like that. Mm-hmm. Did they, um, did they use some grant money to also get some vehicles for the police department for this year? That is a good question for the administration. I want to know, know that answer. Sure. Okay. Mr. May Thank is there. I am aware that we do have a take home police car policy. Um, and I would assume. That would be affected by this purchase, but I'm not certain, but I will defer to Mr. May. Thank you, Mr. May. 
Jason A., uh, Director of Budget and Strategic Planning. Um, our, the proposed budget does not reduce any police cars. It proposes purchasing 97 police cars, um, which is 33 more police cars than we bought this year. Um, this is above the 80 that the uh, police department has stated. We get them to a five-year uh, replacement period. Um, this would what we're doing, what we're proposing in this budget will get RPD to a place where they will be replacing vehicles on an average of five to six years. Um, that's not our proposal to reduce that funding. I believe that's one of the uh, proposals to be able to provide more uh, more capacity within the CIP. But I'm asking, I'm asking, do they have someone there that? gets grant money for the vehicles. And uh, did they make, did they, they didn't miss the deadline, right? Are you are you saying they did not miss the deadline? They were able to order more police cars, more police cars this, this year. Ma'am, they've ordered all the police cars uh, for FY22. I believe there, some of those are on back order. I do not believe that there was any grant money that was used to purchase police cars in FY22. Um, and, and there's not proposal for any grant money to be used in FY23. Um, the, there was a grant that I believe the police department was applying for to be able to bring in additional police recruits, um, but I don't believe that that has uh, been pushed forward. But that was not in reference to police. Can you find out that for me? And give yes, ma'am, I can. All right, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Councilwoman Jordan has a question. Thank you, Madam President. Would this be the appropriate time to ask about Green Fleet, or do we want to go through all the items? I think we uh, would like to get through all the items. Okay. Um, and then we can, that would definitely be a part okay. of it. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. So just for clarity, do you want me to go through each of the items on the sheet and list out the administration's response, or is this a Q&A session? I, I'm not quite sure. Uh, our um, finance person is indicating that he's going to do the walkthrough, and he will have you come forward as questions come up. Is that correct? You were shaking your head no. Just to reiterate. The intention is to give Mr. May the opportunity, if he has any comments, a big picture, explain anything to you that he would like to do. And then for y'all to ask any follow-up questions, but that's it. As far as going line by line, you already have the initial responses, so you don't have any follow-up questions. There's nothing more to discuss there. And then aside from any follow-up questions you have for Mr. May, then we can just move straight forward into discussions and consensus. Absolutely. So members, um, based on Mr. Anderson's uh, guidance here, um, we have before us the administration's responses uh, to the items that were submitted. Are there any questions uh, or discussion? Vice President Robertson. Uh, yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, second page in regards to the brownfields. Yes, the response from the administration in regards to the grants are included as a part of the Infrastructure Investment and Job Act. So are you saying that money is in the we have money for that work to be done? No, ma'am. I'm saying what the administration is saying is that there is a, a very large amount of money that is included in the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act for brownfield restoration. So it's $1.5 billion. 
Um, the first application due date is in November. Um, we're currently working through that uh, process to be able to look for outside funding to bring into the city, not just for this particular brownfield, but citywide to be able to uh, move our brownfields to uh, restoration. So are you saying that when you make application on behalf of the city that this this uh, project will be included in that application? Or yes, are you... I'm stating that we will we are moving forward with a grant application for brownfield restoration for this project. For this project. Yes, ma'am. Just a point of clarification, this would be one of the projects included. Is that correct? I thought yes. I heard you say for brownfields and this would definitely this be would one be of them in, that application. in addition to. OK. So. Um, the request goes beyond just, I, well, maybe I don't understand what the application will allow us to do. Um, does the application process actually allow for the redevelopment of those brown sites as well, or is it just the, um, just the assessment of the status of the brown fields? No, these are planning and development grants, is okay. if my understanding is correct. All right. Thank you. With any additional questions, Vice President? And that 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 those funds have been so because there's an application, you're saying that those funds have been appropriated. We just go got to go through the application process. Again, we have to go through the application. It's a competitive grant that we right. have to go through. But yes, ma'am, this project, inclusive with other green, with other brownfield uh, restoration projects, okay. will be included in our grant that will right. go out in November of this calendar year. All right. Uh, I would just want, Madam President, just to make sure that our staff uh, create an ongoing report that gives us feedback as to the status of these things that are not currently in place. Thank you. Thank you. Any other questions for Mr. May relative to the administration's uh, review and response to the amendment submitted? Councilwoman Jordan. Thank you. If administration could respond to both the Green Fleet question as well as the Green CIP planning fund and how we can incorporate um, those goals. Thank you. Councilman Jordan, just to clarify, um, we want to speak to the Green Fleet as well as um, capital planning and then the specific tax amendment that we received earlier today about the planning fund. Okay, just to make sure it's on the right things. Um, I wanted to share that um, of the 97 currently planned RPD vehicles proposed in the 23 budget, uh, our fleet department anticipates that we should be able to procure roughly 30 to 40 percent of them as um, hybrid electric vehicles. So hoping that that's a, a positive step forward. And as, as always, we'll continue to look for, um, you know, ways to, to make further changes. We have currently have one of the police hybrid in, uh, inceptor vehicles on order. Um, certainly have more uh, that we can share there, but I think that's being viewed as a pilot. And then looking at that uh, to inform hopefully future um, purchases as well as, you know, our plans for installing charging stations, et cetera, as needed um, to support a, 
you know, more electrically. Okay, great. So um, what I'm hearing is that you're on target for 30 or 40% of the passenger vehicle purchases to be hybrid slash EV. It's listed as hybrid electric vehicles. Okay. All right, great. And then um, when it comes to trying to make sure we are purchasing the most energy efficient um, HVAC equipment, you know, heat pumps, trying to really transition towards more electric um, electrification of our municipal buildings. How how can we measure that and and more effectively track it? Um, you know, I would say that uh, as part of our value, current evaluation process for capital projects, um, our our CIP evaluation includes efficiency and resiliency amongst the project design, you know, priorities and goals. Um, but we'll add though that, or, and perhaps maybe speaking more directly to your the proposed evolving fund for energy efficiency. Um, there are certain, you know, clearly we're we're seeing that today and have, you know, questions as far as how to achieve kind of the goals outlined in it. And our recommendation and ask would be that we have an opportunity to review that from um, a policy perspective and establishing a policy before looking at what the budget implications would be otherwise. I did check with the city attorney and could ask him to opine a little bit, but um, there are certainly some um, restrictions within how a revolving fund can work in that regard, as well as uh, in this instance, the need to actually um, issue debt and bonds for the revolving fund to be established. And then whether those bonds would then also have to be taxable bonds, which would impact the efficiency on the on the budgetary side. So um, hope that this is something I think uh, from our you know one on one dialogues or conversations, I think looking at how from both fleet and capital we can um set set goals and and policies in place to um, look to prioritize those purchases that uh, do enhance our efficiency as well mm-hmm. energy efficiency and um, decrease our, our our climate impact um are things that you know we would love to work on I think we may just have some questions on the logistics of how a revolving fund in that you know more narrow space would work Jason anything to add to that The only other thing I would add is that, again, with the way that we are setting up the generalized capital maintenance this year is to be able to come back to council with a report. That report can include the green initiatives that were included in those maintenance items. So again, that will be an ongoing report to be able to report out what we could have used to replace uh, an HVA system and what we used to be able to do that. So that would be another opportunity to be able to show how we are pivoting towards a more green capital maintenance program. I apologize. Can you repeat that? I was getting a, an urgent pick up your kid because their game was canceled text. I understand. I've had several of those myself. Yep. Um, so again, the way that we are setting up the generalized capital maintenance is one award with multiple projects underneath it. That mm-hmm. allows us to come back in 18 months, hopefully when we've completed those, to provide you a report. In that report, we can state that we had the option of replacing the HVAC with this particular unit or this particular unit, and that we've chosen to be able to show the green uh, capital maintenance has been done. That's another opportunity for us to be able to show pivoting from a more traditional approach with our capital maintenance to a greening of that capital maintenance as well. Yes, I think we have the same goals here. I guess what I'm concerned about is um, at one point, can we safeguard that doesn't get you know value engineered out? It was too expensive. We considered it, but we're not doing it. We're doing the less expensive options. So um, is there anything written into our 
our procurement process? Do we have a green procurement officer? Like how how can we, as we move forward, really make sure we are making the most energy efficient choices when considering green roofs or solar, et cetera? There's a way of being able to to find that. I think it's more communication and more and more discussion around that. Mm-hmm. Um, I worry just a little bit about a text amendment or or putting something in place because if we have the option of you know if the differential between them is one's five hundred thousand and the other's two fifty, um, we, we there's there's multiple other variables that are used in in making value engineering decisions besides just whether or not cost is is the uh, the final determination. Um, okay. Good. Well, I'm, I do that. Okay. So maybe this relates back to the um, the matrix that was proposed, and if we could incorporate it for fiscal year 2023 instead of 24, so we we have these um, sort of worksheets that are more specific to green decision making. So I'm sorry. I apologize. We were kind That's of okay. in- there. Um, would you do you mind? the matrix as far as because I know one of the I assume that one of the tax amendments that yeah. I believe is here and administration you know agrees with is the 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 one about applying those metrics to our capital projects etc mm-hmm. um, but if I heard you correctly the question is is that something we can apply maybe at some point within the FY23 as opposed to waiting for FY24 correct could we um, you know create this mitigation metrics for our capital maintenance projects, capital improvement projects, um, beginning in fiscal year 23 instead of waiting till fiscal year 24. Uh, budget director says yes, and since okay. he's going to have to do the work, I'll I'll take his word for it. All right, thank, thank you very much. And uh, Mr. Stidell is on. Um, if we would like any further comment, um, if you would like him to. Yeah, it, I, certainly. Okay. Thank you, Ma- Mr. CEO, and, and Madam President. Just to remind council. You adopted um, the requirement to do value engineering on all our major capital projects. So that is a requirement for us to do VE. As as the budget director said, uh, we work very hard in the VE process to make sure we're making good decisions. But again, there are there are baselines in doing a value engineering analysis that uh, that we have to follow. That's the best professional practice, and uh, that that again is a council requirement. I think this is just to be blunt. Like this is where sometimes our main priorities of uh, managing costs and as well as investing in higher energy efficiency can um, sometimes, you know, at least put us at a point where we have decisions to make. You know, where to fall. Um, would kind of strongly recommend that we we continue this as a conversation, either through work sessions or otherwise, to talk about how both the metrics are being developed as well as how that intersects with other um, code adopted by city in regards to balancing that with value engineering that, that goes there. But I think, you know, whether it's to meet the goals of RVA Green 2050, as well as you know, some of those other, I'm sure that was just speaking now, um, that is certainly, I think, a, a, a an area for focus um, to, to make sure we're Thank you. Just a quick question, uh, if may, for uh, live in the Fulton Memorial Park Phase Two. We're in Phase One, and you reference uh, the park's master plan. 
I just want to make sure that that item, the intent is that that item would be reviewed in the context of that master plan. Yes, ma'am. And okay. I spoke with the parks director today and they are moving forward with that master plan as we speak. And that item would be one that would review, be reviewed in some set of recommendations as with other. Yes, ma'am. It's okay. my understanding that this master plan would incorporate all of our parks facilities citywide into that and be able to show what maintenance, renovation gotcha. and additional investments are needed for those. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any other questions or points of clarification from members relative to the CIP items? Seeing none. Seeing none. I okay. Was there? Councilwoman Nye. Yeah. So none of the items I put in were funded. Um, and I mean, I read the comments. I think one of the things that I've been talking to administration about for several years has been um, the Bliley Road project, and they've made it clear to me um, that it's not a priority for them. But I do think it's important to let council know that it is a significant priority for the community. And a study has been done in this area. There's been recommendations on sidewalk infrastructure. I think everybody knows how lacking we are in sidewalk infrastructure on South Side. I mean, I personally barely have any sidewalks in my district at all. Um, and this street is um, adjacent to Lucille Brown and Bliley Road if folks have driven down it. It's extremely narrow and dangerous and children walk down there every day. Um, so I, like I said, I read the comment. This is a project that won't happen for probably five to 10 years because we have to approach the neighbors and talk about getting easements and all of these things. and. I have been asking and asking and asking for information about how to communicate with the neighbors who want desperately want this to start moving forward. Um, and I just can't get it. So that's why I'm putting some planning money in the budget again, because I'd really like to be able to respond to continuing requests that I'm getting from my constituents. So Councilman, you you requested in some remaining for updates as to whether um, essentially takings would be required to complete a project. And I believe we've responded. Yeah, and you, you did tell me that we would need to get the the easements. Yes. And so I'd like to be able to start outreach to the community because we all know that when you're I and I believe there's some money that I saw in the budget for the Hay Road to get the ball rolling on that project. And Hay Road, if I am recalling correctly, but Hay Road is also a project due to the fact of how it scores. We had that it scores um, higher as far as on the priority list, as far as from a um, risk and, and, and the mitigation that that project would provide um, is a project that we have submitted for. Um, I'm, I'm going to 
be able to recall, but whether it was state or federal funding to support that project. Um, we provided documents yesterday and have asked for more copies to be brought in case anyone didn't receive it yesterday. The, the challenge with this that I just have to be frank about is this project falls significantly below as far as, um, you know, it is not part of the um, essentially high traffic incident um, listings, the et cetera. So when we look at the comparisons for uh, even Forest Hill in your district versus Whole Street versus some of the other items that Public Works included in that, that write-up yesterday, um, we have a lot of needs we need to address that from a safety standpoint, we would say are higher. And if we move forward with this budget amendment that begins essentially planning for a project that we know will not be prioritized until we address some of those higher priority areas first, then what message are we sending to the, the constituents and neighbors as far as, you know, when this project will either start or begin? Um, we use data and, you know, the high incident you know, traffic analysis to show where the investments have to be prioritized. And if in a situation of unlimited funding, you know, this may be something that, that should move forward. But when we have to prioritize, we're just being upfront. And I think this is one of those areas where um, we could make a short term decision to appease, you know, the, the questions, but we're not being honest with the constituents about when this project is going to be done compared to the other needs we have across the city. So you asked what message will be would we be sending? I think the message would be is we hear you. And I think that would actually be a great message because they've been reaching out ever since the traffic study was done. And I believe that was four years ago. So if if I mean, the money I'm putting in is for project planning, it's like the very first step. It's to figure out how much land we would need for the project, some sort of communication outreach to these neighbors, because like I said, I am. I know this project is going to take five to 10 years. So I don't, if we have to wait until Hall Street gets done and Forest Hill gets done. So I have to be, you know, 60 years old before this can even get started. Like, why can't we at least like, I mean, how long do we wait after a traffic study to go to the next phase? The prioritization of these large scale complete street projects is based in the data and, and safety of the various needs we have throughout the city. So while I would not say you have to wait until, but we have to be able to have, thanks Allison. Um, we either work through the prioritization list or we don't. I'm recommending we work through the prioritization list based on the needs we have across the city and addressing those areas that have demonstrated through data to be of higher risk for um, vehicles, pedestrians, and 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 other um, forms of mobility. Um, we clearly, whether it's Whole Street, uh, Richmond Highway, I, I could go down the list, but 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 we are. 
this is not um, it's not arbitrary or capricious the 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 what informs the prioritization of the complete street project. Mine's not arbitrary either. It is. Okay. Thanks for your input. Councilman. I, 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 I just don't know how to say it any more strongly. I mean, this is something that there are, there is a large number of constituents that live along this corridor. And I think a lot of folks in this room have driven down this road. It's dangerous and some sort of uh, multimodal path would really benefit residents in this area. And just could I just clarify, so this half million dollars you requested, is this something that was based on some discussion. It's with just based on research that we've done. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I've talked to the administration about this multiple, multiple times, and the response is what you heard here. And I'm really getting um, no assistance in moving this forward. And it's it's frustrating. I, 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 like, when do we layer on um, resident input? So, but, uh, Councilman, it's a, I, I've asked for, I um, appreciate the deputy clerk's help with uh, distributing. Um, this provides significant, you know, data as well as the background analysis regarding um, essentially how when we look at um, how projects are prioritized for even our federal and state funding um, requests, which is similar to what we are you know, pursuing with both Hull Street, with um, Forest Hill, uh, Jank, et cetera, um, you know, we're submitting those projects that score highest. That scoring often is tied to the the level of of safety and um, you know vehicle incidents, traffic incidents, et cetera. Um, so when we talk about prioritizing you know those projects, whether it be for smart scale or other federal and state um, assistance programs, we are working through the list of those prioritized projects based on um, the high entry street network. Uh, as you know, the form says Blyley Road and this, the street improvements does not compete well, does not score well when it's compared to the other city projects that could be that are submitted. Um, and that informs how, how those are prioritized. The proposed 500,000 does not even meet the design costs of $4 million to do the project that is that is you know, requested um, for for us to complete. We have, to get the exact number in the complete streets fund this year, 17 million, which is a significant increase. Um, we have increased year over year the funding we have for um, street improvement projects, you know, going beyond paving, but into sidewalks and other, you know, multi-mobility um, you know, improvements like we have seen on Forest Hill and, and other areas. Um, 
we are just identifying that, you know, in a city with many needs and finite resources, um, this is not one we can recommend, you know, moving forward into, you know, what would simply be a partial planning investment. Um, and we just recommend we, we maintain our current strategy and priorities. Just a quick question, and I'll come to you, Councilman Jones. Is, would this not be a item that we would look at for this infrastructure investment? Grant, it, it can be. The, the IIJA has a number of different uh, funding sources, both, and it's primarily transportation related. So this can be something we can do. But again, I think to Mr. Saunders' point, there are other uh, avenues and other, yeah. arter, arter, other roads within the city that we may look at first that are higher on the high in, high injury mm -hmm. network. Um, again, based on the data, that, that's what we're trying to make sure that we're being strategic. We don't have enough money to be able to do all the roads um, that we would like to go do. We're trying to utilize our geo bond and our state and federal funds to be able to balance those needs. Um, when we're looking at larger roads and larger projects such as this, we, we look to outside funds to be able to bring into the city to be able to complete these. Um, that gives us the ability and the flexibility to use our complete street funding to be able to do paving, to be able to do curb and gutters, things of that nature, to be able to finalize those projects. Councilman Jones. Yeah, yes, ma'am. Thank you, uh, Madam President. First, I want to. Um, first, I want to do a TikTok dance challenge. No, just kidding. Uh, first, Mr. Sampson, I just, just appreciate uh, uh, your work and professionalism in getting this done. I know this, you've been before us at different times, but this is the first time down here with us uh, uh, at the budget, during the budget process. And so, Madam President, I at least wanted to acknowledge that because uh, I, I give them enough, I give you enough guff up on the third floor. Uh, so, man, I'm proud of you and thank you for uh, your work. Um to, to my colleagues, I think what we see here is the importance of us sitting down and just planning. Um, that's necessary. Um, because one thing you'll notice, as many needs that we have in the Ninth District, we did not put in one CIP amendment. And that says something. There, I don't know if there's one other district outside of maybe the eighth that could challenge me for um, CIP needs. I mean, just we're, and we're talking just basic stuff of Hall Street needing uh, curb and gutter and just throughout just some of those. The basic things, things that we've been waiting on. I heard Hay Road mentioned Hay Road started before I came on council. Um, my call or my predecessor, Miss Mosby, started that in 2014. Um, and then I came in. And that, and we're, we're still going through, you know, you know, the process of getting Hay Road down the road because again, we were looking for federal funds. And so because of that, we had to send project plans back out. And now, and so, so we're going through a very long, tedious process just to take care of some, some needs on Hay Road. One, the other thing, Madam President, and again, I don't slight anyone for making an ask because that's our process. The challenge is, is one of equity, right? When we talk about the needs in other parts of the city, whether it's from an equity standpoint, one, then secondly, when you bring in the numbers that suggest where the greater need is based on accidents, injuries, and things of that nature. And so I just want to, 
Um, you know, and, and, and trust me, I know Councilman Nye's challenge because I've walked her district for different reasons, and they're a part of the whole. We got annexed in from Chesterfield, and Mr. Haspel knows this. Ms. Brown knows this. We we looked for the promises and to see if there were any promises that were codified throughout this whole time. And unfortunately, to my chagrin, there weren't anything. So we, we you know, kind of like the old myths that are passed down through oral tradition, there were no promises that were codified to come in and give certain neighborhoods curb and gutter. And so now we have to find a process by which we get that. And Councilman and I, trust me, I know, I know, I know what it is to get the calls from uh, constituents that have been there saying, hey, we need this. We got to have this. Um, and Madam President, at some point in time, what I would recommend, because I think th this challenge is larger than this, pro this CIP process. It just is. Because when you start plugging in all the different streets, all the different roads that are lacking, and we're not talking about just basic neighborhoods either. We're talking about arteries and things of that nature. What, what I, and this is just my one recommendation is that we just sit down with staff to go through this, to digest this, and then dialogue with council or dialogue with the administration about what's the plan to get this. Because I, I saw another one of my, my next door neighbor, God bless her. She was like, Mike, when's Whitehead getting done? I said, honestly, about seven years. And she's, and, and, God bless her. She's an older lady. She's like, Mike, I may not be here in seven years. She's like, I ain't dying anytime soon, but I may not, I may move because of Whitehead Road and the speed and all the other things. And so we have a lot of fixes uh, that we have to address that if we continue down this path, we're going to get off the CIP discussion and get into a how do we plan these different areas because it would be too easy for me to sit back and say, hey, what about mine? What about mine? Then I pass, you know, light up Miss Trammell's light from green to red, and she's going to do the same thing. What about mine? What about mine? And there are some south side challenges. And this is just on this is just on sidewalks. We're not even talking about three hundred and thirty million dollars to mitigate flooding on south side. And so there are some there are some serious challenges that we have. And then, you know, how do we get to it? We, you know, the pie is what the pie is. And unless, unless we put more fruit in the pie and expand the pie, we're just going to, we're, 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 we're limited in what we can do. And I understand that. And this isn't the plug for Navy Hill or for, you know, for the casino or anything of that nature. But unless we're putting fruit in, there's only so much we're going to be able to get out and we will always find ourselves here. And the, the safest way, the fairest way, the most equitable way is to honestly leave it in the hands of the professionals to say, hey, here's what we can do from a study standpoint, Madam President. And here's how we go about getting that, because if not, then I just got to go whip five votes um, and, and take us down a process where we're not going to deal with each other in a collegial manner, the ways this is, I'm not going to lie, Madam President, this is by far one of the most pleasant, non venomous, vitriol spent, uh, 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 
you know, processes that we've gone through from a budgetary standpoint. And one, I commend leadership. I commend council chief of staff. I commend my colleagues because we were in the back laughing about being here till 4 a.m. one year. And that's because we were just, we were, yeah. we were at the administration's throat. They were at ours and we were at each other's and it was ungodly, literally. And so, Can and I so I just, yes, ma'am. So at the front end of your comments, you were making recommendation about how we move forward, because I agree with you, how we move forward to have that next discussion that applies, allows us to apply the equity lens to look at dollars and resources. And so you were suggesting that we would get. Yes, ma'am. I, I, would, I would honestly suggest kick it to my colleagues on GovOps so we can put together some process by which we can look at this entire this entire piece and come back with a recommendation to council to how we have some type of planning session to, and I, I know my, my vice president has us in planning sessions for other things, but here's another necessary one to look at that. And so, so either, either to GovOps or land use right, to, 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 to look at this succinctly. Yes, ma'am. So, so thank you for that. And I would like to ask um, members, um, if that, I mean, because we, we don't have unlimited dollars, we hear the ranking in terms of the project. Um, if that would be an opportunity to have committee take a look and then at what point would we be talking about the ability to explore, you know, dollars, whether it's planning, et cetera, et cetera. So first of all, would members be amenable to having this go into committee for further and not just perfunctory discussion for discussion about how we move these. Um, yes, Mr. Saunders who, and committees, the two committees, yeah, that have been referenced are land use, housing, transportation and GovOps as possibilities. Uh, Mr. Saunders, you want to add to that? Because we need a path forward. I, I think you hear the concerns, uh, but we also see the challenges as well. Um, thank you, Madam President. I would just say I think that um, you know, there's a line on the, the screen behind you that I really think speaks to this. The the, the areas on the high injury street network um, represent seven percent of all road miles in the city, but also but also account for 62 percent of the fatal and serious injury crashes. What I would ask would be for an opportunity for um, staff to be able to come in, um, you know, under uh, DC of Seidel and the um, Vision Zero. And, and public works team um, to be able to speak to kind of how each of those projects um, fall within our long-term planning from a transportation improvement standpoint, as well as what else is either outstanding from a former traffic study or et cetera, that, that public works is tracking and in essentially where does it fall uh, in the work plan and, and how we're looking to address each of those areas of concern, but also being realistic on the timing of each of them. Many of these are um, long-term projects, not short-term. You know, it, it is not the same as um, some of our, our more narrowly focused, you know, street. I mean, whole street, for example, is broken up, I think, into three phases as part of how we're working to both receive funding and as well as implement the necessary improvements to, you know, address some of the um, Safety concerns. 
Okay. So, so if we could do work. that through work session or committee, um, again, I think we would be glad to come forward with kind of where where we are both in planning and prioritization as well as um, be able to have any dialogue or answer any questions. Okay, thank you. I have a couple of uh, members who have questions and or comments, and it looks like I have. Thank you, Madam. Councilwoman Jordan and then um, Councilwoman Trammell. Yes, thank you. Um, just since you had this image up here, um, there's um, a section where it looks like just a continuous line because there are so many dots that have just merged together, which is either going to be Moore Street or Wesley Street or perhaps those two streets um, combined uh, northwest of the Arthur Ashe and Boulevard intersection. Um, that was something I put in as a CIP amendment was to help fund some of the study recommendations from BVHB of Scott's edition. And um, I would welcome the opportunity to sit down with administration. It says here in your response that some of this is included in fiscal year 23. So, um, you know, there's never enough time in our one-on-one -on -one meeting, monthly meetings to go over everything, but would welcome the opportunity to sit down and, and make sure the priorities are seen, you know, both reflected in the data and in the experiences of the businesses and residents there um, is reflected in the work plan. So um, could we meet yes. on that or as well as some of the other um, responses like trying to get better, you know, better handle on the cost for some of my other amendments? So there would be opportunity for meeting with Councilwoman Jordan relative to? Yes, ma'am. Okay. okay. And that would be scheduled with the administration. Thank you. Councilwoman Trammell. I don't know where we're going to get all this money. I mean, the General Assembly, they just cut back the money for the for drainage and things like that. I mean, first of all, I know that that I've been hollering and screaming about Chapel Drive because those yards flood, not per se the streets. It's the yards, just like on South Hall this weekend. We had water where the people went outside with boots on. It's, you know. Things I don't know how we're going to I would love to see a map where there's most of the flooding and the areas that definitely per se the district, because just like I've said before, what affects the ninth district affects the eighth district when there's flooding or the fifth or the sixth or the fourth on south side does not even count going across the river. So, I mean, what do we I love the way that when people build these subdivisions and all that your staff and everybody make sure that they put the right drainage in the right so that right. they can take care so other neighborhoods across the street won't flood or in the next yeah. subdivision won't flood but we we're um thank you for the question and again i know this is um thinking talking about infrastructure broadly i mean i know that we've taken uh, i will say this i'm proud of all the, the pro progress we've made and investments we've made um, in stormwater, whether it was through ARPA or our budgets over the last um, several years, um, and we're continuing to work through it. But, you know, it's a similar sort of analysis around um, and, and finding the, the best synergies around whether we're going in to make infrastructure improvements around stormwater and doing those as, um, you know, based on either the number of households impacted or the, the how, you know, significant the impact is. Um, 
we will continue to, I think, work to explore every and all opportunity under the um, Federal Infrastructure Act to pursue both stormwater as well as transportation funding. But, um, you know, we haven't, you know, we're, we're, we're excited about, we were, I know I joined Vice President Robertson just a few days ago to um, thankfully receive a $5 million award from the um, federal government as been with the help of Senator Warner for, you know, the Mayo Bridge improvement. But that, you know, at this point is, is uh, I'm going to forget the exact number, but north of $80 million total fix. And we're looking to VDOT to help with some of that support. So we've got to be able to leverage all of our state, federal, and now regional funds with CVTA as well to address the highest priority um, but you uh, know, to, that, that meets the maximum <laughs> impact for our residents. Okay. Know, and you would think that the General Assembly would help us more. We're okay. the oldest as far as infrastructure and all that. Things are breaking down, you know, underground, top of the ground, whatever. And we, like I said, we don't have all the money with the population that's growing in the city right now, with all the buildings and stuff like that, still are the new stuff that's great. But we have to take care of the old structure so that, you know, they, we don't flood them out of their homes or they don't lose. their. Because once it floods, it's hard to get insurance because insurance company will not insure you. And if I could just, sorry, one, one last thing. Yes, if you it. would. Um, but, you know, this is where... Um, we do need the state partnerships to address many of the infrastructure issues. We've had a lot of conversations. There's been a lot of, I think, attention to the city CSO, for example, which is at this point, you know, a, a north of $1 billion infrastructure project. It's something we want to see happen. But the question is, does the burden of that fall on the shoulders of our ratepayers, Or is that something both the federal and state government um, can partner with the city to, to see? We know that, you know, the current you know, I believe budgets under consideration by the House and Senate reduced the funding that the state had planned or had originally proposed providing for us to begin that work on the CSO. Um, so we'll continue to look to maximize all available fund sources. Um, we're not going to be able to do it alone. Um, but, you know, it, it, it is will by necessity require that we continue to um, set the priorities and, and work through them as expeditiously as we can. Thank you. Thank you. Members, at this point, um, I'm a little concerned uh, about um, the possibility of losing members. I have six still, and I would like to see where we are uh, in terms of being able to get consensus on what's before us as proposed. Um, Councilwoman Nye. Can you please clarify what... Um, this discussion was about sending this off to committee. So we're spent sending specific items to committee or the entire process? Are we going to change the process of going by through CIP items so that we actually get requests funded? Or what's what's the idea behind that? Okay, so if I was understanding correctly in terms of what Okay, for CIP process, we need to go through these and make a decision whether or not in terms of consensus on the items that have been proposed um, by members as amendments, but also what's been proposed in terms of administration, whether those are accepted uh, or not and proceed. What I believe Mr. Saunders was talking about 
relative to um, just this, and this map bespeaks it, but a lot of the projects that we need to take a look at based on the ranking of them. And Mr. Saunders, I'm not sure, Mr. Saunders, the, the, if I understood you correctly, we were talking about having the items that have been delineated here that have not been funded because of the ranking of them. There'd be discussion in committee about A, the ranking, B, when we might look at any timing on those things moving forward. That, yes, we, we, could, we would be looking to talk about, cover all of those items that you just mentioned, I mean, and just to give an example, but even looking at the Scott's edition, there's, it's not one project in, in where the Clay Street project is currently, you know, in smart scale, but, you know, we know it will take some years to implement, but there's other areas of concern from a, a traffic safety and, and pedestrian safety that have to be discussed as not quite separate projects, but part of that holistic vision that's citywide. So we would be looking to lay out kind of the full um, current planning within um, public works, like the ranking as far as the um, traffic network as and high-injury traffic network, as well as um, kind of, you know, for each of them, there's a, a reality where we think our, our best path of, of getting resolution is. Thank you. So what I'm looking, so beyond that, what I'm looking for at this point is whether or not we have opportunity to have consensus. This is this sheet that I'm looking at, Mr. Anderson, whether or not we are at point of at least consensus in terms of moving forward with the caveat also that there'll be further discussion as described by Lincoln. Do we have consensus to move forward in accepting the CIP items? Accepting the CIP per the administration's responses, correct? That's correct, because that's what's before us. Yes. 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 Do y'all accept their responses? And that's their that's where I'm trying to yes. get consensus, Mr. Thank you. Yes. And so I would need, do I need a motion or can I just do a consensus, Mr. Brown? Just consensus. Can I have a show of hands on consensus? Okay, so we have six, is that correct? So we had six. Okay. Thank you. And so, Mr. Saunders, we will be looking for that opportunity. And then also, Ms. Jordan had a request for a meeting and follow-up as well. So we'll be looking for both of those. Mr. Anderson. Yes, ma'am. Does that complete us in terms of this assignment? Yes, ma'am. That's Thank it. Thank you. Members? Uh, yes. Thank you, sir. With the follow-up, then um, we'll have more to come from the administration. I want to thank, again, uh, from the, uh, Council Chief of Staff Office, our staff, thank the administration um, and everyone who's been involved and all of you. With that, this work session stands adjourned. Thank you.